<laughs> Brian, that is that is shit to work out to that. Like, I don't usually say that orchestral scores are like shit to work out to, but oh. that absolutely is. No, it, it slaps to to. Yes. I, I'm trying to channel my Marcus here. I feel like he would say that. That shit slaps uh, for sure. You may fire when ready. What exactly is it that they do? Kick names. Welcome to the podcast that gives you a fresh perspective on movies, comics, and pop culture. We aren't afraid to give you an honest take and won't pull any punches. This is Films in Black and White. Welcome to Films in Black and White, everybody. Hello. Hello. We, we are so excited to be with you all for what Brian called the Dougie Roush News Spectacular. <laughs> um, and you know what? I can't think of a better title uh, for this podcast than for this episode rather than that. Um, but I we got to try something with uh, while we're missing a missing a co-host for a great reason, though. Mr. Marcus, he he's taking he's taking some vacation. He's on oh, a vacation, yeah. a, a much needed vacation. So, Marcus, we hope you're enjoying your vacation. I seriously, I hope you're enjoying your vacation. Um, yes. He is out on the West Coast, um, kind of doing what feels like a like Marcus Destin tries new shit type of scenario um because if you're not following him marcus j De Je marcus j destin on like all of his socials yeah he is like in la and they went to some like meetup and i yesterday um uh, which is sunday so a couple days okay podcast comes out um and they went to like people doing drag racing and like spinning around and just doing some wild <laughs> shit so I'm glad he's having his having fun and living his best life out there in L.A. Uh, but, Brian, I am excited to kick it with you on this episode. Brian, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I, to, I my apologies to Doug. I did not see that Instagram post. And and yeah, Marcus J. Dustin out here just hanging out with like the Fast and Furious crew. Basically. I had to see it for myself. Uh, Fast and so Furious I hope 10 starring having Marcus a blast. J. Yeah, learning about family, <laughs> drinking Coronas, um, the whole the whole experience. Uh, you know, I'm I'm good. I was talking to Doug before the show started. I had I had a pretty good Monday, which like yeah. is weird. You know, it's kind of like, oh, all right. Mondays are usually not great. But like today, today was good. So hoping that energy just keeps going throughout the week. Uh, but yeah, overall, overall good. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about our news topics because I think we got some humdingers here. Um, Brian, these are going to spread the gambit. These are going to be like. <laughs> Hope y'all are ready for right turns because it's going to be a little bit of Star Wars, a little bit of Disney theme park, but also diversity in movies. Like yes. we're just going to kind of be all over the yes. place. So I'm excited. Yeah. So strap in, everybody. Strap yes. in. Um, yes. I I am doing well. I had a good weekend. I we okay. celebrated my daughter's third birthday, which was really fun. That's excellent. Uh, did you do anything fun for that? Yeah, so we had family come in town. So Excellent. people came in and we celebrated that way. Um, so it was a good Monday, but I always feel like after family comes in and out of town that I'm like playing like I'm just half a step behind because I'm like, <laughs> oh, people aren't here. Most of the stuff <laughs> we normally would do, we're not doing. So, yep. Um, yep. But, but it's been a good day. So it's been a very, very good day. But Brian, good. we yes. have some business to take care of oh. with Catch That Quotable. 
Um, yes, we do. And we have some more uh, Patty family submitted quotes. What? Um, and That's I am great. going to give you okay. our quote for today. And I hope you're ready. So I'm ready. Brian, I'm locked and loaded. Good. All right. You do not have to have to pay me. I, I, I will do it for free. <laughs> Just promise me that you will never distribute the contents of that jug to any human person. I'm going to read it. One more time, please. You you do not have to you have to pay me. I I I will do it for free. Just promise me that you will never distribute the contents of that jug to any human person. I don't know, man. This feels this feels like the Big Lebowski to me. It does. Okay, a little bit, just okay. a little bit. I, okay. I, I don't know. I, it's been a while since I've seen it, but that's what I get. I get big Lebowski vibes. Okay. When I read it, I knew it immediately. So what was it? This is the water boy. Um, oh my God. This is the part where um, the co coach Klein shows him. <laughs> I'm confirming it via Google. Yep. Coach Klein. There it is. Um, <laughs> he coach Klein shows him their old water situation. And he, <laughs> Adam Sandler says it. If I read it in his voice, you, you, you do not have to uh, have to pay me. I, I would, I would do it for free. Yeah. When you read it like that, it suddenly is its whole thing. So, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a minute I, since I've seen that movie. That was one of those movies that like, I watched all the time at sleepovers oh, yep. when I was younger. It was like that and happy Gilmore. Like, oh, it, it yep. was like a back to back type double feature oh, yeah. situation. Um, that was sleepover I, fodder for sure. That was the like, hey, mom and dad are going to bed. Should we yep. watch the water boy? Because it had right. some. I mean, it was PG thirteen, but there were some riskier themes I mean, in that particular movie. So there's there is a romance scene in that movie. There uh, absolutely that is, is. Uh, that I would not be comfortable watching with my parents under oh, thirteen. Under no circumstances <laughs> might be something that I would watch. I mean, but I also I, had a similar experience with this movie. Oh. Okay. okay sleepover sleepover wise is what gotcha. i mean yeah gotcha I, yeah. okay yeah uh yeah the adam sandler movies always great sleepover movies uh in in the younger teens uh yeah and then of course you had your action like it, it was either comedy or action you weren't doing anything nope. if you watched a horror movie it was like i don't know man this is the right energy anyway talking about sleepover movie well, picks here brian it's actually really funny you bring that up <laughs> because i have a joe wagner story if everybody's ready for one I'm, um, I'm everybody and okay, I'm ready. Good. I'm glad yeah. you're ready because yeah. my dad for my, oh fuck. I think it was like my ninth or 10th birthday. I had to yeah. have been in like sixth or seventh grade. Yeah. And I had a group of friends over to stay the night right. and for my birthday and my okay. dad, they oh, had no. gotten there before I had a chance to go to the video store to Blockbuster oh. dating myself to rent a movie. So yeah. my dad did it. And he oh, did no. not ask for any input. And he came back with a little movie called Poltergeist. No. And he scared the shit out of an entire <laughs> basement basement full of like preteen <laughs> boys. Um, and just basically like I remember being terrified of that oh, movie. Oh my gosh. Like everybody else had like gone to sleep and I was like up. Uh, like watch it worse like, that's even worse right that whole part there's two parts of that movie that scared the hell out of yeah. me the part where the tree like eats the little boy through or the girl yeah through her window yeah um, that scared me and then oh, the clown terrifying. with the little boy in his room scared me as well oh my gosh that is 
that mm-hmm. yeah that's ter- that's absolutely horrifying i yeah. i mean that's and, and when everybody's asleep you're like i'm the only one experiencing right. this are this you guys seeing this <laughs> yeah for real i i mean uh, oh, wow that is well happy birthday to you and that right. particular birthday <laughs> no kidding <laughs> so yeah and again classic <laughs> jo- classic joe wagner just living his best life so okay, love you love you dad um oh, man <laughs> Yeah, that's that was a that was a decision. Um, but, <laughs> he knew what but, he was doing. They did. But Brian, <laughs> we have a news episode this week. And we I do. would love it if you would please give me your first piece of news for our discussion. So what do you got today, sir? I would. I'd, I'd love to, Doug. Uh, so, okay. yeah, I'm going to kick us off here uh, with uh, it's going to be Disney related. Uh, as you yep. all know, who follow the podcast. I am the resident Star Wars beat reporter. And if you didn't know, oh, thank you. Star Wars. We we also have it as a fact of the week. If you're watching live on our Patreon, it's a wonderful graphic. Thank you for the green lightsaber. Anyway, that's a promo to subscribe to our Patreon. That's right. The video you get to see the promos. It's a great it's a great one. It is great case. uh, So uh, Disney just recently opened up the Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel. And if you have been living under a rock or you don't follow Star Wars with every breath that you take like me, it is essentially a two night hotel experience yes, uh, and it costs bare minimum about five thousand dollars six thousand dollars if you bring at least two to three kids uh so it's pricey and it just recently opened the reviews have been coming in uh you can check out a ton of those a bunch of influencers oh, yeah. were invited it's all over tiktok too oh, yeah. uh, if you want to check those out and the production quality it seems great mostly positive experiences Again, it's a two night adventure and they, they, you know, a lot of people have described that. What I will focus on, though, is the uh, San Francisco uh, gate uh, newspaper out in San Francisco. I Mm -hmm. ran a headline. Uh, I'm going to break this down a little bit, but the headline is Disney struggling to fill 100 room $5,000 Star Wars hotel. And you click on it and you're like, wait, really? Mm -hmm. And so the article basically goes to detail that right now, if you want to book yourself this two night experience, essentially you can do that almost in any day after July. Uh, When the article was written, I believe they were talking about basically there are any number of voyages every, I I take it back almost every day after August, uh, there is a date available. Like there is, a ton of availability now you want to talk about hotels and booking you can totally get into that but for something that disney has put a lot of time energy and money into you would think they would have bookings at least six months out and that does not seem to be the case and Mm, those reservations are are not picking up you would also think they'd be picking up with all the you know with all the coverage that they've been getting from influencers and the different news articles everything in between um so are they struggling maybe it's certainly interesting that you can get any date you want after august uh mm-hmm. which is I, I mean still the summer travel season still the summer vacation oh, yeah. season yep. uh even into december which I, I do think is a little concerning uh for this type of attraction so something to keep an eye on but this was a, a surprise to many people doug for do sure. you have any thoughts on this um my first thought is, is that no wonder the influencers were excited to be there because they were all invited to participate. And so I mean, Disney was yeah. like, hey, come experience what people would experience in a two night stay. It's going to be right. really great. 
Yeah. Um, but they didn't have the, and I just went to the Disney World site while you were talking, Brian. A two guest stay for a two night experience yeah. is four thousand eight hundred and nine dollars. Yeah. Now it includes. Yeah. What does it include? They gave you a rundown oh, up here. It gives I mean, you, it is a, uh, I think it's like you get a two night stay, ongoing immersive interactive entertainment, food and beverages on the Star Cruiser, excluding alcoholic beverages. Of course. Um, you get, and any like, anytime you leave the Star Cruiser, basically, right. um, you get admission to Disney's Hollywood Studios, valet parking and an exclusive star wars <laughs> galactic star cruiser magic band brian yes i am yes i i think disney is probably worried that they're not having thing anything booked out past august but yeah. asking me as someone who just went to disney and did this like back in january yeah tell me more i am not surprised that they're having a hard time i mean at I all I think what's bizarre to me is that this is the way they went uh, with the Star Wars franchise. I tweeted a little bit about this. Uh, and I mean, I think I think Star Wars, something like this is is perfect. Like the world is so mm -hmm. lived in. We've had yeah. 11 movies. We've had TV shows. Oh, yeah. There's a clear there is a clear aesthetic and they and it was successful when you go to Galaxy's Edge. What I, what I do think is bizarre is that they just greenlit this thing knowing that, oh, like if we do this, we got to charge. We got to charge like two people to stay five thousand dollars for two nights when mm -hmm. like the average household income is somewhere around like 65, 70 K. Like around there. Yep. I, I I I don't know how you get to that number. Sure, you could be targeting affluent folks, but you're gonna yeah. run out. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna run out of people yeah. to do that with. And if you're going to Disney, you're usually not uh you're not just going to the Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel. You're gonna want to go to Disney World and get that picture or or go to Animal Kingdom, yeah, Epcot, whatever. Like the idea this... that you would even pay plane tickets and transportation mm -hmm. just to get to a two night stay is just well, and not I think... the way I would have done it. <laughs> yeah. And I think the other thing, Brian, that I think is I think is important to consider is that like some of the other things that are like temporarily being suspended or that are temporarily yes. suspended are not fully brought back yet. Like, for example, the Magical Express, which is your transportation to and from orlando airport oh to disney world doesn't yeah. exist anymore like there's yeah. a now a cost associated and i yeah. think that that's kind of the other thing of like okay if all the other perks are there and built in maybe a younger couple that is like 25 to 27 super oh, into star wars don't have any kids yep you're gonna this is gonna be a vacation you save up for yes um, and maybe you do to to do but you're right, Brian, this isn't this doesn't feel practical for a family of four. Um, and I'm perfectly comfortable I mean, sharing this information. I was able to do a six night stay yeah. in a Disney nearby hotel four theme park tickets for four people and like everything else associated yep. for around the same price as a two night yes. stay aboard the galactic star cruiser. <laughs> so it's yeah. for me as someone who is a very frugal man, right? Goes, yeah. Unless they're going to lower the price. I don't really see. I don't really see this be this juice being worth the squeeze. I don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm a huge star Wars person. And even then I'm like, 
ugh, like I just don't know if I can justify that. I mean, I just it 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 is just so over the top, and it it just feels a little out of touch. It, yeah. it like it really does feel like someone was in the brainstorm meeting. It was like, I don't know, what if we had a Star Wars hotel, and people were like, yeah, and like, what if yeah. you were in the movies? And like, yeah, that sounds great. And then they came into work the next day, and like they're like, oh, we're doing the idea. What, what idea? Yeah. The one you did in the brainstorm. We're gonna have a whole experience. Wait, whoa, what? We're doing what? Oh, it's already. We already have the foundation set. We're going. We're doing it. Right. You know. Um, I also think I'm also going to take a moment here. This is like a sub news bullet point. Yeah. Um, but there was a video circulating on Twitter. I was not able to find <laughs> the original video. I believe it was taken down. Yeah. Uh, but some Twitter users saw an ad for the Galactic Star Cruiser yeah. in which I will try to describe this. Uh, it's I know insane, it was Brian. it it's was insane. a video ad. And I'm going to try to describe this uh, over a podcast format, but I'm going to summarize it with this this video ad. It's a Twitter ad. Uh, it opens with two young women in the galactic star cruiser and you see them putting on like first order uniforms and hats. Like you see them put on yep. the hats and they're super satisfied and they're going around the ship. And then it like zooms out to another shot and you see stormtroopers following them. It then goes to another shot where they're like pointing into like what I would describe as like the escape pod bay that that is reminiscent yep. of the Corellia yeah. Corvette and the in, in a new hope. And yeah. you see Chewie come out with his hands up. And then the next shot is them being super satisfied as like the stormtroopers go to arrest Chewie. And it's like, you're trying to advertise a hotel to me that I'm going to go capture Chewie, like Chewbacca, Chewbacca, right. the man, like what is <laughs> like, who is this for? Like who wants to be like fake space fascists and go arrest Chewie on well, your vacation? Not that me? implies that there's an entire group of people. And don't get me wrong. Like <laughs> there are some folks who whatever floats their own boat that implies that there are some people who sit down and they watch Star Wars and they're like, <laughs> yep, I get it. Totally would have been a part of the first order had I been in that right? space. That's not the you're that's not the point. Like you know, and this video is insane because these two people are looking out at imaginary window and they put on their first order their hats and they're like, yes. let's go get let's go arrest some rebels. <laughs> what? Like it doesn't make any sense. And like if you're in a spot, like if you're listening on your phone, I'm I, on Twitter. I'm Brian Roush 115. That's my at handle. Go back a few tweets. I retweeted it. I also replied to it. Um, and it looks it appears legit and it looks like Disney took it down. I'm not able to find it on the platform at the moment, but I, I agree find Doug. It on YouTube and I'll put it on our on our pages, I'll, too. I'll try. I mean, it, yeah. it appears that maybe somebody saw that on the Disney side. and was like, wait a minute. Like, yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's bizarre. And I just think it's like, it goes back to your point, Doug, like who watches the empire strikes back? And they're like, I hope that millennium Falcon gets caught. Oh, they always get away. Like, man, I really hope that millennium Falcon gets yeah. in a tractor beam and they're pulverized. Like, yeah, what? Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's very it, weird to me. Uh, the whole thing is just so strange to me. It's and the other thing is, is so like they like if you go to their website, you can look at like what a sample day might look like for you. Oh, yeah. Um, and they have stuff planned out all the time, but they have right. these like and it feels weird to have on the schedule an unexpected story moment. Um, <laughs> you could either do an unexpected story <laughs> moment, either prove your mettle to join an elite smuggling ring or highest to hide a stowaway to help the resistance. Um, yeah. So it it's very interesting to me um, that this would be the way it works. Um, yeah. I, I also want to point out that 
just because you get into like and again this this goes back to like cost stuff yeah just because you're getting into hollywood studios doesn't mean that you get any type of discount for staying at the galactic star cruiser oh no want to build a lightsaber still full price yeah want to build a droid still full price like all of that is still there and so for me I think that they just lost sight of the supply and demand piece of it. And I think right. they overexpected demand. I think I, they thought I, like, we're going to be booked out through December and we can justify having the cost be this high. Right. And now they're going like, whoop, somebody didn't do their, like somebody didn't pass business analytics 101. <laughs> and now they're like, well, what do we do now? Well, I think it, to relate it back to movies, which is what this podcast yeah. is about, right? Please. Like the Star Wars brand, when it mm -hmm. was bought, went for billions of dollars. Rightfully so. Yep. It is, it is, it is culturally ingrained in so many things. And I sure. think that, um, I, I, I think when you look at this, having the Star Wars aesthetic and selling that, I get it from a business perspective. Oh, Not sure. a big fan of capitalism. However, I do understand yep. the logic and the equation of, People like Star Wars. People like being in Star Wars. How about we have them sleep in Star Wars? You know what I'm oh, saying? I get how like, you got there. Yep. I, yep. I see how you get there. The idea, though, that it wasn't just like a themed hotel with possible things yep. attached to it. I like that's that what blows my mind yeah. is like you couldn't have like the hotel piece. You can stay there as long as you want. Sure, it might be pricier than some of the other hotels, but. Mm -hmm. Then saying like, hey, for these XYZ guests, there is an experience. You can go to the bridge. You can have your lightsaber or whatever. Mm -hmm. And if you really want those people locked into a Star Cruiser moment, you can do that. Otherwise, I don't know why you wouldn't have a Star Wars themed hotel to have access to those things from other people. Like it just it it yeah. doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. And it, it like locking it off from a general population. It just. That also feels gross. Like, I mean, I'm a yeah. hardcore Star Wars fan, but like there's Disney, if you're listening, like there's no way me and my family can afford that anytime soon. But if all. you'd and like love to Star Wars, but if you would Disney, if you'd like to fly Brian and I down there to do <laughs> and a review explain the whole situation and to, to explain us. why it's worth it. We would gladly accept that yes, trip. Absolutely. Uh, Disney, I'm going to be there in July. It's not hard. <laughs> I'll just stick around for an extra couple of days. So just just fly Brian and I out. We'll do our review and then yeah. we'll all be able to move on. Brian, the last thing I'm going to mention to your point Please. about it being a hotel Please. is that like that's the other thing about this, right? Is that there are other premium hotels that if you again going at it from the cost perspective. Yeah. If you wanted to book something at like the grand Floridian, which is right. their like, it is the like top shelf liquor of hotels for, yes. for Disney world properties. It's roughly like four sixty eight a night, give or take um, for a room, but still five nights is $2,000. Oh, like, Oh, absolutely. So, for the premium hotel. Yeah, right. absolutely. So, so in my mind, I'm like, okay, Four, two nights equals five grand right four nights equals half of that but but doug two night two nights star wars You're, two nights star okay, wars sleep you got like, me that's, you got me that's what they're betting on that, which and, yeah what are you gonna not I, sleep like I mean, <laughs> what are you gonna not I, sleep I just, I it, uh, just the the decision calculus that went into this. I would love, I would love to read a book on it. I hope there's a book someday. Because like, dear Disney, fly <sighs> Brian and I out. Reason number two, like. <laughs>
will help I mean, us do I, the comparison. I, I'd love to check back in on this in like six months, and like maybe yeah. I'm maybe I'm super wrong, and like in the summer people are like, "Oh, I found five grand," and I would love to go to Disney. <laughs> you know, yep, like maybe found it. that's. I don't know, man. Like maybe that's it. I don't yeah. know, but I'm curious to see where this goes. Again, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but I can be critical that. I don't understand who this is for, and I don't understand the decisions. I, I especially the marketing ones, especially the like you must really not understand the whole vision that Lucas had. Right, if you're gonna have the nerve to make an ad where it's like, have you ever dreamed of arresting I mean... a rebel and interrogating them in your own private quarters? <laughs> Join us for this galactic well, star cruiser. Like, like even the basic <laughs> interviews, right? Of and I've I have plenty of TikTok videos uh on this. I'm real grouch on TikTok if you want to dig those yes. up. But Lucas based the Empire off of the United States and Nazi Germany and like the British Empire building of the mm -hmm. 1800s. Like the Empire is based on some of the worst components of like our human history, to be very clear, like. No, these are the bad guys. Like, we'll even give them like a taughty British accent just yeah. to make sure you understand these are the bad guys. And then to yes. make an ad glorifying that and being like, you can have fun is just like, huh? Hey, colonialism, right? No, that's <laughs> fascinating. Um, not what I would have done to appeal to Star Wars fans, like, because like, you know, I I just it's very strange to me. And I, I dug strange. to your point that it really makes me wonder like who actually understands the star Wars brand over there. I don't that's know. doing this stuff. Cause it doesn't feel like it was the person that had made this ad and got it pulled. I don't, you know? know? Yeah, I don't know. And I, and I, I suppose you want to make it seem like it's, I think the more than likely Brian is that that was an ad where somebody said like, we need to appeal to people who aren't diehard oh, yeah. star Wars fans because yes, there are only so many of them in the world <laughs> where once they all stay. And that's the thing is like, once you do it once, is there appeal to go back and do it again? Like, that's kind of my question is like, that's right. been the, that's the beauty of Disney world. Right. Is that like, right. You can go multiple times over the course of your life and have a different experience depending on where you yeah. are, depending on how you spend your time and your money and what have you. Yep. But this feels very much like, do you want a very specific Star Wars <laughs> experience that you can really only do once? Right. Like, you're going to have to have the brainstorming folks who are coming up with those like random story moments. They must that must be either be an algorithm or a group of people who have never seen the light of day who are like, I, OK, shit, we've got the next three months of random story moments. <laughs> now we have to come up with the next three months. It's Christmas. OK, get this. Oh, there yes, are random Christmas it. things hidden around the Galactic Star Cruiser, and <laughs> it's an Ewok dressed, dressed as Santa Claus. Fuck it. Let's make it work. Like, I mean, there's got to be something like that somewhere, right? Well, like, <laughs> and, like, I do want to give credit. Like, I, oh, I am 100%. being critical, but I do want to give credit from the, the videos and the reviews that I've seen. There was a there was a uh, an influencer. I can't remember her name right now. She went with her family when it opened. She was some of the ones that were invited, and she brought her kids. And she took video of the uh, uh, of her kid, like interacting with mm -hmm. um, someone who was a first order officer. Yeah. And like he the 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 person who played the first order officer, whoever you are in that video, you're you are incredibly dedicated to that mm -hmm. role and like making people's day because this guy was like, no, we're looking for the resistance. Are you resistance? And like this kid is ratting out his brother, which is hilarious. That's and he's like, it's your funny. brother. And like he has like a whole. 
he has a whole monologue he goes into and then he's like looking for a droid he remembers this kid's name throughout the entire star cruiser experience wow and then even in what appears to be like the finale moment of the star cruiser <laughs> he's like still talking to this about, about this kid of like well no like Auden and i found that and it's like okay wow like i'm yeah. a 36 year old man and like if some resistance person was like nah me and brian like messed you know we we messed stuff up trying to find the first order i'd be like that's really cool yeah like so that's yeah. got to make that kid's day so like that well, stuff I, is really cool i just wish you didn't have to pay 5k to see it yeah i also brian am being critical but people who sign up for the patreon will notice that i have a lightsaber above my right <laughs> shoulder so clearly <laughs> i'm the type of person who would shell out the money to do something like this i mean but to your point it just seems like it seems like a bridge too far money. Yes. Right? Like and or yes. or at least give someone the option to go and see and walk around this. And I get that that doesn't play into the story. That's why people can't go into the Star Cruiser. Right. But you got there's got to be something right like where yeah. people can like maybe it's they pick you up in Batu for like an afternoon aboard the Star Cruiser. Yeah. And like six o'clock. It's done. Like find some <laughs> other way to let yeah. people have this experience without such a hefty price tag. Or right. eventually you're going to run out of folks who can't not aren't willing to pay. And I think that's the thing. There will always be people who want to pay. It's yeah. going to be pe there. You're going to run out of people who actually can. Um, I, I agree. I get, yeah. Like, I don't know how deep, that that goes i don't know how deep that well goes yeah i don't know either so good point though way to start us off that's a great oh, point shucks and brian speaking of appeasing star wars fans if i may oh no moment, brian we got that kenobi trailer we yes, have all we did. been eagerly waiting for um oh, that dropped deeply. what last week on wednesday that kenobi it, sure did. it dropped during that investor call Yes, that's right, because it was D23 last week and it dropped during that um, investor call. And Brian, this like like this trailer looks legit. It looks good, y'all. I am. Like, it looks good. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Um, I don't want to get into like go out and check it. Um, I'm pretty sure we posted it to our Instagram. So yes, right uh, on Instagram. Um, so I don't want to like break down the trailer, but I do want to talk about some of the memorable Easter eggs for me that I thought were really cool. Uh, yeah, tell me what you're hyped about. So the first thing I'm hyped about is I'm really hyped about an it, like a um, Inquisitor's storyline. Yes, I think, and this kind of got released today, so I'm kind of combining two pieces of news into one. Love that. Um, but it originally they were thinking about it being a Darth Maul storyline, which is yes. fine. Like that's fine. I would have watched it and enjoyed it, but really, Dave Filoni and others really said like, no. Like go yeah. bigger, like do bigger, and to have it yeah. be the Inquisitors are after are are on Tatooine looking yes. for Jedi. Maybe, maybe not. No, maybe they know yep. Kenobi's there. Maybe they don't. Um, is like really an incredible moment, and you couple yep. that with this like commitment that Kenobi has taken to watching over Luke. This is yes. that's a really, really cool storyline that I'm glad that they built out. So, yeah, um, Brian, thoughts from you, things that jumped out from the trailer. Yeah, honestly, the, obviously, the Inquisitor stuff, I think, is is the biggest highlight. And if you're not familiar with that, the Inquisitors show up in the t animated TV show mm -hmm. Rebels, which Dave Filoni had a very heavy hand in the story. 
Uh, the Inquisitors also show up in the video game Jedi Fallen Order uh, yep. on PS4, PS5 now too, and X, the Xboxes that you can play. Um, and if you're not familiar with them, basically, basically after the fall of the Jedi, uh, the Empire is like, oh, there's still some Jedi left. And the only things that can kill like Jedis are like other force sensitive people. Mm -hmm. Like the clones aren't going to get it done. Like we got to nope. have a new breed of clone. We got to have a new breed of like Hunter to track down yeah. Jedis. And so the Inquisitors are created and they like have some knowledge of the force, but they're not a Sith. They're not a Jedi. Mm -hmm. They're just like. <laughs> the best way I can describe it is like, yeah, I know, I I know what the force is, and then if you were like, oh, what can you do with it? They're like, I don't know, but I have it, and like, I'm really good at lightsaber yeah. dueling. That's Why don't it. you like, explain it first to see if you understand it, yeah. and then I'll tell you if you're right. Like that that's... is the <laughs> that is the perfect way to get the catch a vibe of an inquisitor. It's like yeah. I know what the force is, but you tell me first. Um, yeah, and I think what's and... Yeah, go ahead. They also, Brian, for those who are like comic book readers, um, yeah. the Darth Vader series in Marvel leans into like how they also provide some more insight into like how yeah. they operate a little bit and more specifically how Darth Vader is named by Darth Sidious as mm -hmm. the sort of like director of the Inquisitor program for lack right. of a better word, like better right. word. Um, so sorry to interrupt, but I also thought that was really relevant too. of like, I think if we're looking for like, how does this connect to yes. like Darth Vader? This is very much like, um, a natural connecting point there. It, it also, you, you put it so well that like, it just kind of makes me chuckle that we all think of Darth Vader as this like dark space robot cyborg mm -hmm. samurai. That's all invincible and powerful. But like when you describe it like that, it's like Darth Vader is like a mid-level manager and he mm -hmm. never gets a pay raise. Like uh -uh. he just, he just keeps getting duties as assigned. Like maybe he'll get a better workspace. Maybe he'll upgrade his star destroyer, but no, right. he keeps getting, he has to supervise more people yes. for less pay for the same. And how is he going to fit this into his day? <laughs> um, anyway, Darth yeah. Vader mid-level manager is a series I would watch. I would uh, love If anybody can like, if anybody is in, in, into animation, I would love to see that Darth Vader as a mid-level manager is incredible. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. So honestly, hype for the inquisitors i the other piece though that i'm i'm gonna add here because you already mentioned the inquisitors i'm excited to see how obi-wan is gonna reconcile this really bleak period in star wars and yes. I, I love star wars that's i feel like that's been pretty clear even if this is the first episode you're listening to but mm -hmm. i feel like that revenge of the sith that that time period which we're going to be pretty close mm -hmm. to it's this it's so sad that like you have to you got to find a way like what is going to be this kernel of hope that yes. Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to attach to. Obviously, it's like protecting Luke mm -hmm. that that's the easy answer. But I think that there's a really interesting story of like, hey, your whole life fell apart. You lost like your chosen brother and pretty much everyone around you is dead yeah. or in exile. You can't contact them. How do you move on? How do you find positivity from that? Or how do yeah. you even find the will to just go to the next day? That's beyond. I need to protect this kid. Like, yeah. How do you make that better? And like, I'm interested in that story because I don't feel like Star Wars has got has explored that a whole lot. Mm, like, obviously, we've seen point. Darth Vader be like, I'm sad and angry now. I'm just going to be bad. We've seen that yes. story. But what does that story look like when you're trying to be this paladin, this paragon? in a really, really bleak 
world and and it and it's not after the evil you know quote unquote the death star has been defeated it's like no this is the world yeah. now and obi-wan yeah. kenobi you you might be the only jedi left for all you know how do you make yeah. that better so i i hope that we see something like that and i hope we see him address it and i think there's some really good stuff to chew on scene wise for ewan mcgregor like oh, he is the only yeah. actor in the star wars universe at this current moment that i think could do this like, i think you're absolutely story right. like that i think you're absolutely right and i think to your point brian like this is also bleak like you mentioned like the reason why the store like the clone troopers can't get this done is because they're all out there oppressing other planets at this point in time. Right. Like they have a different, they've been given different orders at this point in time. And so you're now dealing with a universe that is actively being oppressed for lack of yes. a better phrase. And what yes. I think, I think the strength of star Wars stories, I think the ones that are sometimes the best told are those that deal with hope, whether that's like the books, yeah. whether that's the, I mean, rogue one, I think arguably being a shining example on a hill oh, of this a hundred percent it's hope driven. Like even yep. to a certain extent of like for those, nobody come at me cause I don't care rise <laughs> of like the end of the third sequel trilogy. Um, oh, sure. Rise of Skywalker, that moment where Poe like flies above a star destroyer and sees the whole galaxy. Come oh yeah. Out, that's a hope driven moment of like, Oh, now I actually might. We now actually might finally have a chance at right. beating this. That's a that's a fundamentally great Star Wars story. And yes. there is Ewan McGregor has the acting talent, and I know that the writers oh, yeah. involved have the ability to write this story where it's going to be super super dope. So I'm very yeah. excited for this. Yeah, and just to reference your news point, it did. It came out today, I think, from the, mm -hmm. the, the Hollywood Reporter that it was going to be like Darth Maul was going to be one of the main antagonists. Yes. But then they rewrote the script and he was out. Yeah, uh, which is fine. And I, I think that's like I, I enjoy the character like I, I enjoy Darth Maul, but I don't know. I don't know how you make I don't know how you make a show like Obi-Wan Kenobi and then just you have Darth Maul there and expect it to do something new. Yeah. Or like fun. I just, I, I don't know if you want to see Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul duke it out, like go watch episode one and like, I don't right. know. I, or like watch, there's uh, an entire rebels episode devoted to it. I was going to say just, there's a whole rebels episode that you could really get that, that cup filled on that. And I, maybe that's the reason why, you know, they were like, no, go bigger. Like that's been told yeah. before. So yeah. Um, I also yeah. think they're looking for some more connective tissue. I think they're looking for an opportunity to say, how can we simultaneously connect the video game in Jedi Fallen Order? Yes. How can we connect that with the prequels to this to the original trilogy, all utilizing you and McGregor's talents? Like, what can we yeah. do? Like, we know we can connect it. How are we going to do oh. that? Now we've got it. And so I mean, there's all yeah. sorts of stuff in there. Like if <laughs> like if you're a marketing person, the synergy is off the charts here. Oh, I yeah. mean, you're combining mm -hmm. the prequel movies. You're combining mm -hmm. Star Wars up and coming TV show Empire. Yep. And you're combining this video game that like you're still like this video game came out like five years ago, by the way, like five I, plus I, years I, ago, yeah. I want to say you're still getting traction out of that. And I guarantee you there's going to be a crop of people that are like, wait, there's a whole video game dedicated to like oh, yeah. fighting inquisitors. What? Yeah. Okay. I'll check that out. Like, yeah, you're, you're re-energizing every single one of those brands, even possibly rebels. 
Um, yeah. which, which people are really high and low on, but it, it gets people more engaged with all of their content yeah. on, on at least two platforms, possibly three, depending on if you go yeah. read a book, you know, like, so. And remember, it, read a book, please re- <laughs> read a book. Yeah. Read Disney book. would love the synergy. Um, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, I, 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 I'm excited. I'm excited for Kenobi. I think it could be a real gem. Oh, I absolutely can. And I think it definitely lived up to the hype that we were expo- expecting it to, too. So I know yeah. that there was a lot of like disappointment when we didn't get a trailer. What was that like six months ago? People were like, where's my Kenobi trailer? And oh, man. now we that... finally have it. So, yeah. 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 yeah and I- I'm going to soapbox that for a moment. I- Please. Like, there were so many people after Book of Boba Fett and they're like, Where's my Kenobi trailer? And like the privilege, <laughs> the, the absolute privilege of it was just like one, like the, they don't even need to promote this. Like they don't. All, all they need to do is is literally show sand and the, the words Obi-Wan Kenobi Star Wars. And, and yeah. people are going to be like, oh, that's a Star Wars show. And like, even if they're even if you're not an avid Star mm-hmm. Wars fan, you know, you that's know a Star Wars show. Yeah. And you know, it's coming in May. Yeah, and uh, you didn't like, even need to come up with original theme music. You just recycled. No. You just recycled the main theme from episode three. Which, like, by the way, put it in my veins. Oh, <laughs> Brian, that is that is shit to work out to. That like I don't usually say that orchestral scores are like shit to work out to, but oh. that absolutely is. No, it, it slaps. To to yes. I, I'm trying to channel my Marcus here. I feel like he would say that, that. shit slaps uh, for sure. Yeah, and like, and the whole time I'm thinking like, because the they know the moment they show you like a breadcrumb of Obi Wan Kenobi, like even mm-hmm. a 30 second teaser trailer, social media is gonna light up like a Christmas tree, and everyone's yeah. gonna dissect everything because it is so hotly anticipated. Like you're part of the marketing machine. Like, do you not realize you even asking for the trailer is is like feeding into it? So yeah. like, yeah, it's I mean, just bizarre to me that people expected it at Super Bowl and then got mad and like. I mean, just all of that, all of that energy, I just don't understand. And then, of course, like clockwork, when the trailer dropped, it it dominated, I want to say, at least most of the social media spaces I was in. Yeah. Um, like, if you follow any Star Wars content at all, it dominated your spaces for at least two mm-hmm. to three days. Yeah. Um, like it, the influencers did their work and it and it was there. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but it's like star wars doesn't need like a really intense marketing campaign like they know the fan base is going to talk about it no matter well and what. i think that to your point brian i think the age of the influencer is fading like because Ooh, hot take love it and i say that because like we're all influencers now like to your point right. of like don't you realize you're a part of the machine you sending a tweet out into yes. the world with the phrase like where's my kenobi trailer hashtag disney plus <laughs> that generates content to their feed like yeah. they don't need to ha- hire a team full of people. No. They can hire no. three to talk about maybe strategy, but they don't right. need an entire team of people to say like, what can we do to populate the timeline? The timeline populates itself. Yep. Like that's, that's how this works now. So I think because yep. of that, because the timeline populates itself with people who are just jacked or, you know, indignantly like wanting something to happen. Right. Disney and other shows can sit back and say like, you've done this for us and we love you for it. But at the same time, thanks for making our job easier. So I think I mean, we're kind of getting to that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's very, I don't know. It's very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like we're still two months out and like 
the I think the Kenobi the Twitter page is like had mm-hmm. two tweets. I, I think maybe. Mac and like yeah, they've maybe. had an Entertainment Weekly article. That's it. Like yeah. that's all the promo they need to do for the next two months. Oh, I would believe it. And maybe even one of those was like a retweet from a different Star Wars story, like for the <laughs> season finale of Book of Boba Fett. Like it's I'd I'd have to go and check it out. But yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, well, cool. I'm hyped about it. I'm it sounds we, like you're hyped about it too. You know um, it. Um, we have we have Star Wars's dominant dominated our discussion for the first majority of this podcast. Yes, so it has. Brian, it has. We, Brian, we can take, take a right a, turn here. Take us, take us on a right turn. What do you got? So, uh, late, uh, late February, early March, uh, some streaming numbers came out and I just kind of wanted to talk about that as it, as it relates to all those platforms. If you follow our news episodes, this is one of the beats that we keep track of. Very true. Um, and, uh, talking about the, a lot of folks were just talking about first quarter gains and stuff like that. One thing though, that popped out to me, uh, and this was from CNBC. They did a, they did a roundup here. Um, just talking about uh, where all the streaming services were at. Um, essentially, uh, the the big headlines here: Paramount is growing in confidence uh, with their platform. They're getting more yep. subscribers, and I think that's pretty clear, at least from what I'm seeing on like socials as well as their advertising. I think they know that the Star Trek brand is going to keep bringing in people. Yeah, um, and you can see that by I think there are now four Star Trek shows coming out. Uh, yeah, that this year. Right. Uh, and so their subscriber base is definitely uh, like starting to tick up. Um, additionally, uh, the the one beat that I wanted to talk about specifically was Peacock, and we okay. have picked on we have picked, we on, have Peacock picked on Peacock quite a bit because first for the different pricing models for how to watch The Office, how much Office you want to get. Um, <laughs> again, I. <laughs> saying to me that that's i'm trying to think of another example like hey here's a disney plus plan for how much star wars you want to watch if you if you have the free model but you can only watch a new hope that's it sorry you got to pony up to watch all the movies brian that's that's basically what galactic star cruiser is not to take us backwards but you keep going (laughs) (laughs) oh man uh anyway um going back to peacock though their subscriber base is starting to tick up. Okay. Uh, basically, they are they're trying to catch up to their peers, and because of their pricing model, it gets really weird. Of like, well, how okay. many people are actually paying for this? So nine million now they've confirmed. Okay, they've confirmed are paying. paying for it. Uh, okay, but they have twenty four point five million accounts active. Um, okay. so that basically their subscriber base is growing, but still more than half are not paying for it. Um, so that's, you know, um, yeah, that's it's so an interesting weird. thing. They've invested a ton of money into Peacock. So it's really weird to like, to still see them losing. Um, they're still losing money on it. Like, that's the thing. That's the okay, thing I wanted to okay. point out here. Um, and so one of the other things that I'll point out as well, though, is that uh, basically I'm trying to read this so I You're don't fine. mess it up. Um, they they want to have um, basically their initial projection was to have 60 million to 90 million oh subscribers. God. That was that was what the initial projections uh, were uh, basically to 2024. Um, Brian, they're, w- Brian, they're way off. <laughs> I mean, 
yeah, it's really weird. Um, it's really weird. <laughs> like their original estimate even got up to like, oh, by 2024, we'll get up to 260 million. And I was like, I don't, I don't, nope. I, I don't see that. 260 like free accounts. I could see I that, mean, maybe, but not 260. Like, maybe like, you can fudge that. Um, right. Like, and they had good first quarter, like they had the Olympics and they had the Super Bowl, which I'm sure you picked up some there, but they're only on pace to get 30 to 35 million active users by 2024. Yeah. Um, but like that initial projection of 60 to 90 million, I don't, I don't know how you get there. So odd. like, it's just th the reason I bring this up and I promise I will summarize this well oh, for you're people good. that are like, Brian, come on. Like, what does all this mean? I mean, they have been vet. It has been rumored that Peacock NBC universal has invested something like 800 million oh into this and to produce content. And they're still losing money. They aren't hitting their they're They're still revising their initial subscriber counts and less than half are paying for it. Thirty seven percent. I, 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 I don't know how you get there. I don't know how long you keep this going. And so part of me is like, is Peacock going to be the first one to fail that like stops it kind this of feels initial tide of the streaming wars Um, but like th they say they have a ton of growth so I guess we'll see but yeah basically this is all leading me to say that yeah I, I understand that these bigger companies can take these hits they can they can take a loss for you know for a sustained amount of time and, and lose this money and they keep mm -hmm. investing but man I don't see how you compete with like the Netflixes and the Disney Pluses and the HBO Maxes that have all paid subscriber counts but you, you, I just don't get it. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's wild to me. So I, Doug, is there anything you want to comment there on this wild news? Um, I think the biggest quite, I have more questions than I think I have comments. I mean, my first question is, <laughs> is like, okay, Peacock is still, okay. Peacock is the way that you want people to use, to engage with your content. Then why is there an NBC app? Yes. That still functions. Yes. Like, why have you not said like, we've pulled this down. If you want to access our content, you need to sign up for Peacock. Even if it's yes. a free account, you have to sign up for Peacock. So that's, that's the first question I have is because yes. the NBC app is designed to get people onto your local news. And yeah. look, I'm not an app developer, but if it were me, I would say like <laughs> you can build in that functionality to Peacock, like yeah. use some of that $800 million to manage this project where you build in that functionality into Peacock where it can pick up where you are and give you your local news for free. Like right. there has to be some way to do that. So the fact that they haven't blows my mind. Well, the other thing yeah, that blows my mind, that's another question is how is it humanly possible that Hulu still has access to your entire suite of shit? Yeah. Like, yeah. If you want yeah. people to push their app, don't give me the option to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine on Hulu. Because well, guess where I'm going to watch that? Well, I, I watched Spencer on there last night, by the way. Spencer's on Hulu. Um, go check okay. it out if you have it. It's a good movie. Um, okay. To that point, though, I know that when Hulu was created, it was an attempt at like having a partnership with all the other mm -hmm. major networks of like, no, let's just put all of our streaming stuff in one place. We yeah. all get a cut of the pie. We don't have to fight it out. X, Y, Z. Yeah. And then like CBS was like, absolutely not. Like they did it for like a year <laughs> and they're like, this sucks. Bye. Yeah. Um, which might be why Paramount plus is seeing the success it has, yes. by the way. Um, so it's a great idea. Hulu's a great idea, but 
it seems that maybe some folks are contractually obligated. I'm not a hundred percent sure, yeah. but that's a great point, Doug. Like there are three different ways to it to consume NBC's media, mm-hmm. unless it's an exclusive show. And I, I don't know. I can't point to a Peacock show where it's like, oh, gotta have Peacock for this show. Nope. Well, and like, that's the they, thing. It's like, know? and I think Brian, to your point about Hulu, is like that was back when Hulu was, for lack of a better word, neutral. Like it was yeah. not, it wasn't That's owned a great way by to one it. of these. It wasn't owned by one of these properties. Hulu is now owned by Disney um, yeah. and is an extension and an arm yes. of Disney. So for me, I'm sitting here going like, okay, so now your competitor owns it. Why wouldn't you say like, okay, now that you own it, you're a different entity. We're going to negotiate our contract and we're going to opt out because even, even Disney's regulating its own shit. Like even they're saying like, oh, do you want to watch old episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No, 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 not on Hulu. Got to go to Disney Plus. (laughs) Like and so for me, I'm sitting here like this. This is weird. Like what? It's so weird. This is really weird. And also, again, business analytics 101, like you can't fudge your goddamn numbers like you have to report honestly and. If you were maybe stop creating pricing models based on how much office you want to write and just say, like, (laughs) do what you did. You know what? Okay, so Paramount Plus got me. Um, Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember saying that. Paramount Plus got me because I thought that I was going to be able to watch like Jurassic Park on there and I can't and it's not on there. And but I discovered a bunch of other shows that my wife and I enjoy. So now yep. we're watching them on there. You yep. could have done the same thing, NBC. You could have said, hey, do you like Dateline? Well, guess what? <laughs> it's four dollars. Do you like The Office? <laughs> Still four dollars. You needed to say, like, there's one entry point. It's four dollars. Gotcha. Like, because yeah. that's with Paramount Plus. It was like, OK, four dollars and I can go and watch like old episode. I can watch right. Yellowstone, which people are hyped as shit about. Yeah, I can watch Yellowstone seems to be the big, the big buzzy one. Yeah. All the jackass movies are on Paramount plus. Oh, well, um, I mean, that pays for itself. Then. Every single, I mean, I'm a, I'm a dad and my kids are into Paw Patrol. Every single episode oh, of Paw yeah. Patrol is on Paramount plus. Yep. All of SpongeBob is on Par- Paramount plus. Yes. Like, I don't, you're, you got me like, and it's $4. <laughs> It's four dollars now. If I they mean, jack it up to eight, that's a different conversation. But right, right now, the entry point is so low that it's a no-brainer. I don't understand why Netflix didn't take, or excuse me, Peacock didn't take the same approach. Well, and I, I looked these numbers up. I went, I just went back and, and double checked this because they released this other information at the end of January that Peacock, uh, they they're gonna double their spending. Uh, and and I I messed this number up. I want to correct myself. Okay. They're going to be investing more than three billion oh billion with a B. Oh my in lord! Twenty twenty two to into Peacock with a goal of hitting five billion in the U S. over the coming years. Um, this is from with, the Hollywood Reporter on January twenty eighth. With so like what? Like taking <laughs> that context into it is like man, you're you're spending billions just to like you haven't even hit a hundred million subscribers and again i understand it it takes money to make money but if you like i don't know how you catch up to disney and netflix who netflix has 200 million plus global subscriptions disney has over a hundred million uh like subscriptions and and 
I don't know how you get there. I don't know what you're putting that money towards, but I, I, I mean, I, I would assume they're looking for their bang and like they're looking for their own Tiger King, right? Something that's I mean, low effort, so. high publicity. Um, I, I just, I, I, it's just, yeah. it's bizarre to me still yeah. with their pricing model, having free subscribers and they're going to double down on it. Just, it continues to perplex me and I wanted to share that here. I'm really glad you did, Brian. I'm really, really glad that you <laughs> shared that because that is that is insane. Um, I want to stick with this theme of reporting numbers because the other yeah. beat that our diehard listeners will uh, know us for is covering box office numbers. Yes. And the like sustained effect of COVID-19 on yes. the global box office. So um, according to the Motion Pictures Association's annual theme report, combined ticket sales. Now, here's the positive combined yeah. ticket ticket sales worldwide for 2021 reached twenty one point three billion dollars, which is an 81 okay. percent jump over 2020, which was only able to amass eleven point eight billion dollars. So, okay. So things for theaters are trending in the right direction. Yes. Um, they're still kind of a, a long way away from 2019's numbers because 2019 right. saw $42.3 billion, like sort of touted um, as things are going. Um, the other thing that it confirms is that all of that, like money that 4.5 billion all came in towards the end of the year. Um, oh, so it, it, it's just a Spider-Man <laughs> weird. Yep, exactly. Came in towards the end of the year with Spider-Man. Um, so, but they're also like sort of really talking about how home entertainment numbers are going really well, that they're excited about streaming. So the combined global theatrical, um, uh, the combined global theatrical and home, home mobile entertainment revenue reached 99.7 billion in 2021. Wow. That means the model of like, put it in both places is not just a safe model it's a financially reliable model sure um for, sure. for theaters and for companies so very interesting i think the biggest thing is that like they're just sort of it's a i mean this whole thing is it's a 67 page document that talks about how recovery is is coming um and this is a hollywood uh this is a hollywood reporter article um, yeah. So kind of a kind of a cool moment for sure. So definitely go and check that out if this is something that is interesting to you. But Brian, thoughts on reports on global box office numbers? I mean, I think, you know, it goes back to what we've talked about before mm -hmm. with people feeling comfortable going to the theater. Yep. And uh, I think that I, I honestly I think part of it was things ebbed i want to say if i'm remembering this correctly a lot of infection like the infection rate ebbed really really low like went mm -hmm. to very very low numbers october mid-october for and, sure 100%. i mean right because that like sony was moving venom like a checkers piece like nope oh it'll all go over here. the place nope, it'll go here and we made fun of it but i do i do need to like say that it worked like oh, and i think that absolutely to something like this like venom made uh venom made great numbers i don't have them in front of me but it was a box office success and i feel mm -hmm. like all the movies in that time in that traditional q4 window yeah you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of that revenue and so and i feel like what contributed to that was people feeling comfortable going back to the theater 100 i'm super curious i'm super curious i guess 
what this looks like next year because the New York wave of Omicron uh, hit like I think it hit like the week before Spider-Man came out. I want to say you're right. Like, like that's when it was like, oh, the new variant. Like it's it. Yo, mm -hmm. we got to talk about it. Yep. Um, like, I don't feel like it had hit that point until I want to say like a few days before Christmas. If you're like, yeah, you're right. People were concerned about it at the beginning of December, but it wasn't really talked about. And then I feel like for mm -hmm. me, what it felt like was like the day after Spider-Man No Way Home, people were like, oh, this is really bad. And I remember being yep. like, I was just in a movie theater full of people. Oh my gosh, am I, is Spider-Man yep. going to give me COVID? Like, I remember thinking about that. For but sure. the only reason that my wife and I felt comfortable going was because we thought, you know, everything was was under control. It was a little um, bit more under control, yeah. And also, like, Spider-Man... <laughs> And you can go listen to our Spider-Man review. I mean, like, there's a reason that movie made bonkers money, which I'm sure contributed mm -hmm. to the global box office total for the year. I mean, like, people sure. wanted to be in a theater to see a movie like that that appealed to so many different folks. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I'm curious if, like, the Spider-Man release date was later. What would have happened there if it was right. later in December? Would we still be talking about these numbers? Um, also, like june june 2021 we thought we won the war and we went and saw fast and furious right yes, that was like very my true first movie back in a theater i after remember a year that. and a half fast and furious yeah uh, and you know i think the other thing to note here too this is becoming an exhaustive list but like you had you had your your big tent poles out there too your black widows mm -hmm. eternals like shang chi uh all of those came out too and those stopped streaming too like they took yeah. away that streaming option so that the box office could capitalize on that so yeah i definitely think all of those things contributed to it i do feel like though this is kind of like a false sense of rebound um i know i've been talking for a little bit but that no, was you're fine. one of my responses is that looking at these numbers and the report that that you're talking about it's like yeah, like it, it, they're back from 2020, but like for mm -hmm. how long exactly? I I just yeah, I I don't know if this is a sustainable number. Like I do feel like this is a lot of people just wanting to get back into theaters because we haven't been able to do that safely. Um, I do think that box office stuff might go lower or look different. I uh, like I just don't see this be these types of numbers being sustainable. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Brian, because I think the other thing is, is that like if you do the math on how many because this is something the the report also kind of points out is that, yeah, um, there were only three hundred and eighty seven new movies released in theaters in twenty twenty one. Yeah. Currently. Yeah. There are nine hundred and forty three slated to come out in twenty twenty two. Yeah. Which is up. Yeah. Which is up like. Um, oh, no, sorry. But there's it says that there's. So they talked about this. So 387 released in 2021. And then Charles Rifkin, who's the CEO of the um, of this association, says that last year alone, more than 940 films entered production and almost 560 original scripted series were released to U.S. audiences. More than 1,800 total original series were released. So we are excited about like basically the resiliency of our industry. And to your point, there's going to be a ton more shit that's released this year as things start to kind of trickle back yep. just a little bit. So I think yep. what will be interesting to see is we see another variant, what happens to those plans. And then also 
the Batman's made $500 million in two weeks. So there's, there's that there's a lot for the industry as of right now to be very hopeful for. I mean, yes. And the Batman, the, the Batman has swooped in and like Mm -hmm. made bonkers. I I mean, just uh, so many things went right there. Like I just have to say that. And, And I'm so happy for that movie. And, and, I think, though, like you look at the Batman, though, good example, the Batman, a lot of theaters were charging higher ticket prices for that movie uh-huh. than other uh, standard showings they that they had at the theater. Sure. And th- I saw, you know, I saw some folks on Twitter that were like, I'm not going to say outraged, but they were miffed. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, annoyed, clearly. But at the same time, there's nothing really else out right now. You're going to go see Batman. It's 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 a very good movie in, in a traditionally dead. By itself. Yes. Yes. Um, Like, obviously, we have spring break coming up, but like beginning of no March release like that's a great I mean, you know, I think the Watchmen found success there, but that's all I, I can think, think right. of right now. Um, Yeah. Well, usually March is like where you start to tease your big Marvel property. And so maybe we'll see what happens with Morbius, which comes out in April. Um, But with, (laughs) again, Morbius, whatever the fuck that's about. (laughs) And then like that. But but even then, like Moon Knight is scheduled to drop in two weeks on Disney Plus. Yeah, that's your big March like tease if you're a big Marvel person. So, yeah, I don't. It's it's hard to say. I, I this it does feel like things are sort of in a lull. It feels like we're doing this like release everything. Okay, everybody, calm down. <laughs> release all you have. Okay, everybody, wait. You know, it, well, and like March, right? Is typically those spring break movies, right? Those yes. family friendly movies that everybody can go enjoy on one of the days off for mm-hmm. spring break, right? Yeah. Um, but I I do feel like if I was a movie theater right now, I would be moving towards a model where. I'm highlighting the bigger tentpole movies. I'm charging more for them, but I'm also like doing a value add. That is, that is something yeah. I don't have to invest a lot in. And whether that is, I mean, like you and I took advantage of the early screenings. Yeah, uh, I know AMC sure. said like, Hey, you pay an extra fee. You can see this movie the day before it comes out. Yep. We absolutely took advantage of that. Cause that was a good value. Um, I mean, you can't put a price on like, oh, you want to see it before it actually comes out. Right, Here you go. Right. Um, and basically, if I was a movie theater, I'd be moving to that type of model, which, yes, absolutely hurts independent um, filmmakers and independent films, smaller films, mid-budget films. But the way that the landscape is for those box office numbers to like for those folks to keep making money, these bigger event type movies are going to have to work harder to keep that box office sustainable. Yes. And I think that's why you're going to see these mid-level movies go to streaming services and stuff like that, because right. box office, box office wise, they're not going to make a huge dent if you got a Batman on the way. Well, and I think the other thing is, is like, and to bring up to kind of go at the typical, like motley crew of directors and producers that end up talking shit about these comic book movies that come oh, out. I, I mean, it's like, a standard question now, right? Right. <laughs> Like, I think the other thing that that I want them to understand is like, okay, you want your three hour epic about a man in Scotland who learns (laughs) that his only living son has a terminal disease and he has to go to Iceland to get the cure like that three hour epic only makes it to a theater if a movie like Spider-Man or Batman can keep that theater alive. Right. So 
maybe understand the economics of it a little bit more and kindly shut the fuck up for just a moment. <laughs> like, because it's just it, like you continuing to complain that they're bad cinema. Great. That might be your opinion, but people show up and they keep the lights on. So for me, if I'm in your position, I'll say like, yeah, I love them. They give right. me a place where I can play my art for lack of yeah. a better word. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's another, that's a great point, Brian. Like, that's a great point of like these, the Batman's, the Spider-Man home, wait, no way homes. They're going to have to bust their ass to keep the lights on. Like, yes. for, so that way some of these smaller things can go. But I do think this is an opportunity for some streaming services to enter the market. Like going back to Peacock for a moment. Yep. Man, Peacock, if you can find some folks who will say like, sign, sign yourself. Some of these small directors yes. who are looking to make a statement, you know, these, potential oscar run style movies yep. Yep. it'll sell itself like it'll yep. sell itself and so i think there's a there's a space there for that for sure and i i do not to like i swear hulu is not sponsoring me tonight but i do want to say like hulu has a lot of those types of movies yes um, they do and like they take advantage it feels like they take advantage of these smaller movies that don't get picked up or don't get a ton of attention, but mm -hmm. are critically acclaimed. Um, and no it's like, wow, if you can like advertise that, I feel like that would be really yeah. good for y'all, but I don't feel like they do that at all. I no. don't know what's happening. Um, but I, I agree. Doug. Seems to be the only ad that they want to run. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> which is yeah, fine. Like, and to your point, like the first service that figures out how to advertise that and crack that nut, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I feel, I feel like that's, that's the money on the table and, and to your, to a closing point, to your point about the Marvel movies, I do feel like it's weird. It's almost turned into a sport of like how to hate on a Marvel movie. Like oh, yeah. a Marvel movie is not what I would consider peak cinema art. It is, it is something to enjoy just like anything else. And somehow because it has success, people feel like they gotta be like, well, I mean, it's not cinema. It's like, yeah, we know it's not cinema. It's these comic book characters we all read and we enjoy seeing them and right. it makes us happy. Like, right. Wh wh why would you try to be critical right. of that? It's not trying to be peak cinema. Right. Like, it's like trying to Chris. It's like trying to go at Dua Lipa. Like you just make pop music. Yeah. Right. But fucking people enjoy it. Like, calm down. Oh, yeah. Well, you're not. You're not Mozart Dua Lipa. And she's like, yeah, I, I know. I wasn't trying to be Mozart. Thank <laughs> just, you. I just want to sing my songs about levitating and, and being right. a prisoner. Like, right. I, like that's, that's why I use my songs. voice. Like, and that's, or, yeah, that's a Miley song. Sorry. She's featured on a Miley song. You're fine. Anyway, we talked about Brian and Marcus and I talked about that on the uncharted episode that like, this is a little bit like pop filmmaking. Yeah. And people criticized pop when it came out, like music wise. But if, I mean, if you want to use a definition, technically the Beatles were pop. Like oh, that, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and there's I mean, always a place for that and there isn't any shame in it. It just, it is what it is. So right. yeah, it, I think, it's, yeah. It's always bizarre to me that it, it has become a part of the news cycle of the press junket. Oh, of yeah. like, Oh, new movies coming out. Ask the director about a Marvel film. And it happened with yeah. the Batman too. It, yeah. it happened with Matt Reeves. And he was like, Oh, and like he gave his answer, which was which a good was, answer. And it was good. That's probably the best answer I've seen, to, to be, be honest, honest yes. to the Marvel question of like, what do you think about Marvel? But they movies? asked everybody. They asked Andy yeah. Sarkis. They asked Robert Pattinson. They asked, I mean, shit, they're bringing anybody in off the street and asking them <laughs> questions. 
they're bothering poor Daniel Radcliffe. Like, hey, Daniel, I know you're here to talk about something entirely unrelated to movies. Right. But guess what? You might play Wolverine. He's like, I what? Why? Maybe. <laughs> Who are you? Like, what? <laughs> so it's just you're right, Brian. There, It seems like gotcha journalism a little bit. Well, but like with Marvel, I feel like it's an attention economy thing. I, yes, I get it. If you true. if you ask your Marvel question, you get to put Marvel in the headline of mm-hmm. your article and you get to tweet it or put it on TikTok or fate, whatever, whatever social you want to choose. Yeah. And then people see like, oh, somebody said something about a Marvel film. I'll click that. <laughs> that's me, by the way. I'm doing I'm doing an impression of me because that's, that's how I found me. out. That's how I found out about Matt Reeves. Um, yes. So you got me. You, got me. you, you know, figured me out. I just it's the same old tired conversation and like Marvel movies have never been like we're going to set the bar. Hey, hey, film students, film schools, take note. We're going to set the bar for peak mm-hmm. cinema. They never said that. They just all they said no, was like, did not. do you like these comic book characters? We're going to put them on right. a TV movie screen. I hope you like it. Right. Um, yeah. And that's that's what they did. They yeah. did it. That's they mission accomplished. <laughs> they weren't trying to win any awards. So, yeah. That's a great point. Brian, take us on to your next piece of news, please. So we have been very Disney heavy. And so I I am hesitant, but I do think it's important that we talk about it is uh, Disney and its role in the don't say gay bill that's happening in Florida um, with our podcast and our values. I think it's really important that Mm -hmm. we make it clear uh, that one, we think this bill is trash. It Uh, is trash. It's trash. If you if you're not aware of it, uh, Florida, uh, both of their chambers of Congress have passed a bill that essentially prohibits talking about uh, gender identity. Great. Um, you can find more details online. I encourage you to check out uh, a few news sources there. Uh, but essentially, it erases the identities of those that identify mm-hmm. anywhere on the LGBTQ plus spectrum. Um, and, and so much more essentially erasing those identities, not talking about them, not acknowledging them as people, not even being able to say, Hey, my dad is gay, even anything like that, Mm -hmm. um, which is incredibly hurtful, harmful, and downright disgusting. And so the reason I bring this up is because, uh, Bob Chappick, who is, uh, the CEO of Disney, essentially last week just did not figure out how to handle just saying like, this is a bad thing and, <laughs> and it's going to do yeah. more bad things. We don't like the bad thing. Yeah. He, he could not get that out the door. He fumbled it. He fumbled the bag as it were. I feel like that's something i Marcus has said before. Um, I, I'm trying to channel him right now, but essentially Um, you can go see the timeline of events, but uh, uh, basically Monday last week, Bob Chappick was like, Hey, you know, our art speaks for itself because he was asked about this because Disney, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, is probably the biggest business in Florida. One of the biggest employers, you know, uh, they might have an opinion about this and basically said, you know, our art speaks for itself and that's how we advocate, which is, which is a, which is a bad response. It's a bad answer, Bob. Um, like (laughs) you're, like not only does your art speak for itself, you need to speak like for your company and for the people that you employ making it and that make this art. Um, What? And then on the investor call, he said, Hey, Hey, you know what? Hey, I hear you. I talked to the governor and, and I told him I don't like it. 
and and we're not and we're we're gonna give money to some people and they Thanks. rejected that money and the human rights uh yeah the hrc <laughs> uh, i'm totally forgetting what the the, ac- the full rights. acronym i'll find it in a second i got it um please. they rejected the money they tried to donate five million dollars to hrc yep. um they rejected it and said unless there's like tangible action yeah. that you're gonna do we don't want this money yeah so then by the end of the week he's like basically beaten down to this point yeah um this came out on march 11th he sent out a memo and he said i am sorry <laughs> like just straight up in a memo to all the employees um you know i i let you down and you needed me you needed me to be a stronger ally and basically yeah. this is I, i'm not gonna focus too much on bob chapik i i feel like he's a symptom of a larger problem yeah my my point i want to say with this that i want to soapbox is that these types of companies have the power to stop these things. I guarantee Mm -hmm. you if somebody that had the confidence and the courage to say, Hey, if if this bill passes, we're, we're going to like move our workforce out of Florida or we're going to stop recruiting or we're going to explore ways not to film in Florida. Um, You know, saying something like that has an impact like it has actionable impact now they did pause all political donations which is good but they always pick it back up quietly about a month later is is my experience with these type of things but that's you know a step in the right direction if they're actually committed to it and i think it's really disappointing because disney uh does not have always the best history of representation and i do know that um there are people that identify on the spectrum that I mentioned that really like Disney stuff and they want it to be for them too, because it is family friendly and they want to see their families represented in these types of media cultures. Um, And having one, you know, having a show like modern family doesn't make up for like actually putting your money where your mouth is. Like you can't make modern family and then be like, Oh, our work speaks for itself. And this terrible bill is going to pass. Um, it doesn't work like that. No. It, it doesn't work like that. Uh, so it, it's kind of a soapbox, Doug. I, you know, what what are your thoughts, questions, or do you have a soapbox? Um, I think that Disney needs to pick a fucking lane and stick to it. <laughs> like to put it. That was their entire it, last week. To 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 put it bluntly, because I think the other aspect of this is that Disney donated donated three hundred thousand dollars to Governor DeSantis's campaign. Yes, and then is now going to flip itself around and say now, but now when it actually comes time to like not just throw money at a problem, like you're going to go with inaction and yeah. a few empty words and calling it a day. Yeah, um, and I think that that is horse shit, like to the <laughs> like the biggest degree possible. Yeah, like, I, I just agree. I just think it's I think it's morally unacceptable. Like you don't get to say like we're going to contribute money when it's in our interest because you know that it was about, you know, you know that it had to have been about like COVID restrictions and something like that, since it would impact the bottom line for their theme park or what have you. Like, so there's, there's, there's part of me that is just like, you can't, you can't straddle this line and have it both ways and say like, on one hand, we're totally fine with you like contributing $300,000 if it positively impacts us, but right. if it positively impacts the people who create everything for us, the, the people, the illustrators who create and illustrate Elsa, the people yes. who write the stories for Christ's sake, Pixar, like all of it, you don't get to say like, they don't matter because yeah. 
it's too complicated for us to say like, hey, governor, this this bill is bullshit. And trust me, yes. you have speech writers. You can come up with a more positive way to say this. And this just also goes to show that like, how do how do you in you're a CEO of arguably one of the most largest corporations in the world yes. and you can't get someone to write you a speech that says like, Hey, don't do that. Like <laughs> here, let me write this for you. Here's the situation. There's a bad bill. Chappic, this is what yeah. you're going to say. We disagree with the bill. We are going to take all the steps necessary to make that voice very loud and clear because we care about the people who work for the company. Just pay me now because I can do this. You can take that statement and apply it to fucking anything. Well, but I think the other problem yeah. is, is in classic Disney fashion, trying to show like throw $5 million at something <laughs> to say like, oh, see, we fixed it. Like, I think I think the biggest hero in this has to be the human rights court like coalition yes. because if no human rights campaign sorry campaign the human thank you i couldn't find rights the campaign. thank you yeah the human rights campaign yeah good for you yeah it, that's absolutely the right thing make them give you tangible measurable things they can do that for everything that they want to do in their park yep. why can't they do that for this yep so I think that that's yeah, this is I don't have anything else really to contribute to the story other than this is bullshit. Yes. Um, I also don't understand. I don't understand what a bill like this is aiming to accomplish. Like, what are you what are you trying to do? Set people back back to 1950 where you couldn't I mean, talk about it. I don't get it. Like it, there's especially when you have a city like fucking Miami, like in your state, like how, how is this a thing? Like, and I say that kind of yeah. like tongue in cheek jokely, but in all seriousness, like how, how is that a thing? Like how yeah. I don't yeah. get it. So. No, I, I agree. And, and to your, to your, to your point about like, like who's writing this for him, I guarantee you, you know, we've all seen this before of like, I just want to be in the middle of the road. I don't want to make waves. And like the idea, like even the attempt to remain neutral and be like, our art speaks for itself is just such like a focus group tested phrase yeah. that is so hollowed out that you can tell that you have no idea what he actually thinks about it because he's just trying to avoid saying the wrong thing. And by doing that, he said nothing, which was completely worse and then tried to fix it by again like having these really polished focus group tested answers yes and they still fumbled this ball right. well and i don't I, think it's yeah. hard to say yeah we don't agree with that and we, we stand for all families that's where we're at and xyz like that's not hard I mean, and you just moved all you just moved like th what 300,000 employees from California. You made them relocate oh, to that's Florida. Right. They there's did have the that fucking, relocation. That's there's right. your fucking bargaining chip. Hey, you know, those 300,000 people that we just moved to California. Well, right. it's inconvenient to make them move back. Fix it or we will. Yeah. How's that? Well, and I feel like people forget that when Atlanta was passing some not Atlanta, Georgia was passing some very problematic legislation. Um, I can't recall it at the time, but I mean, they, they stopped filming there. Like they, yes. they were like, Hey, we're not going to film here. If, if this, you know, if this bill becomes law, like we're Disney, we're going to throw our weight around. I think it's when black Panther was being filmed. I'm I, it's escaping me at the well, moment. What even the now, problematic Brian, bill was, but they, that, now, they Brian, said like, that with, they did with that. the voting legislation. Coca-Cola had like went out and yeah. said like, what you're doing is bullshit. 
and we don't agree with it. And while we are an Atlanta staple, we are going to do everything that we can to contribute to efforts that directly oppose it. Like, yeah, that, that, that's a more home. How is it possible that the, like, they make flavored sugar water. Like how do they have more of a moral backbone than you do? Like you make a story about like a robot that falls in love with another like right. robot and you right. can't tell a story about. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. So do better, do better, Bob Chappick. I hope, I, I, I hope there's new leadership there. I can't, you know, obviously it's not going to fix everything, but man, that's that's bad. <laughs> yeah, that's that's and a lot of bad. Th- thanks for coming to That's Bad with Brian. Uh, well, and stay tuned for That's Bad with Doug Wagner, because I am going to report on something else that while we are close to the end of our episode, this is in line with who we are as a podcast. So I think we need to give it some space and some time. Let's do um, it. The uh, University of Southern California's Annenberg Inclusion Initiative, um, which typically tracks gender, race, and identity of lead characters in the highest hundred, the highest 100 grossing films each year since 2007, has released a report on the current state of, uh, you know, highest grossing films in uh, America. So, 41% of leads or co-leads in 2021 were women. And 32% were from a historically excluded race, race or ethnicity. Um, and so kind of interesting. Um, it looks like we have made a little bit of progress. Um, you know, and, and yeah. one of the authors of the report says we can't underestimate the positive impact these 32 movies can have on young audiences of color. Um, but people of color deserve to be at the heart of storytelling. And so here is what I am going to say. Yeah. How is it possible that... F- like Hollywood is trying to tell stories that we can connect to emotionally. And I mm-hmm. think what's problematic for this, I'm, I'm happy that the report came out. I am so happy to see more women representative. Yes. I'm happy to see, albeit a small number that we still get some people of color as in leads, uh, as lead roles in film. Yes. Can we tell stories of like the world that I live in? Yes. And that Brian lives in and we can yes. tell more stories like not to speak for Marcus, but the stories that Marcus lives in, like there are more black people and women doing great shit that deserve to be at the center of storytelling. And I just don't understand. I don't understand the hesitancy. I don't yep. understand the apprehension to filling lead roles with more women and people of color, um, given that where it's at. So yeah, I think that some of this is, you know, they talk about in the in the they did an interview with the founder of a a one two or a twelve. Um, and it says the industry she makes a quote that the industry believes that women have a sell by date, basically saying that they're not going to tell yeah. stories of women who are 45 and older. Yeah. So it's just um, yeah. Also, I think that's also interesting kind of to our point is the mat. So they did a breakdown in this research study of like which studios were responsible for releasing the most movies with Pete, with women and people. Oh, of interesting. So here you go, Brian. Tell me. 85.7% of Disney movies starred oh. a woman. More than half, 57.1% of the studio's releases in 2021 featured a lead or co-lead from a historically excluded race or ethnicity. Okay. Um, so 
they okay. are definitely having a hard time finding who they wow. really are. Yes, um, that's a great way to put that. 20th Century Studios uh, release had 54.5% um, and Paramount had 50%, um, had more women. Warner Brothers, though, still only had 41.2% um, of representation um, in terms of people of color. Um, so that's kind of the breakdown oh, there. WB. But yeah, come on, WB. Like, I don't understand. I mean, but that's, yeah. that's kind of the breakdown. So um, again, kind of a soapbox of like, hey, Hollywood, you're doing good. Thank you for doing what you can. But you can do a little bit better. Like you can you can step it up a little bit and make the world you're putting on screen a little bit more representative of the world that we actually live in. So yeah, Ryan, thoughts. Well, I'm looking at the report right now. I'm looking at the press release that uh, mm-hmm. that they did here. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I think that one of the things that stands out to me is that it, 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 the growth they say in their own report that the growth, it feels like it's stagnant right now. Like they, yep. they have they have made some significant strides, especially since 2015. But it feels stagnant and stagnant is not growth. Um, and I think to their point um with the brief research that they had and i'm going to read it directly here so i don't mess this up um and i now of course you know lost it but essentially the point that they're trying to make is that the the representation doesn't even match like the the representation that is within our nation um and like it's still inching towards there but it it's still at a point where i found it now um 32% of movies had an underrepresented lead or co-lead um mm-hmm. compared to 28% in 2020. So that is good. Yep. Um however, uh the proportional representation uh that we're talking about for underrepresented folks is 40% for the US yep. population. So that's still 10% less. You're not even at par. Not no. even at the average. No. Um and I think this is just average. a good point. No, I mean like and I feel like this is just a good point to say, like, this is what this is what matters when you're voting with your dollars. Like, and if you're going to go see that movie with a black lead, this is what right. contributes to it. This is how For this sure. stuff happens. And like, as you know, as much as you might think it's silly, like, oh, like going to see a movie that's, you know, because this person is mm-hmm. in it or this identity is represented. I'm, I'm not going to fix the world by doing that. No. But what happens is if it reaches that critical mass to be a top 100 movie, it's it's in that conversation and that representation matters right. to these populations. No, it's not perfect. But the first part of this conversation, I feel like, is having that representation. Sure. And that goes down to people like you who listen to this podcast and choosing what mm-hmm. media that you watch whether it is an under you know especially for underrepresented folks that are not traditionally represented in in media yeah absolutely couldn't agree more brian i think that that's a a really really great point i'm really happy you brought up that that study i did not know about it and i see all this data and i want to just pour over it this is great i also didn't know that that foundation existed so i think that's another really cool thing um, to examine a little bit closer. So definitely. Um, Brian, the last thing I want to say before we close out is Let's I need to issue um, a little bit of an apology. So oh, last week during our Batman episode, I gave a piece of news that like Zoe Kravitz announced that 
like she was told that she was too urban to appear in the dark night. She came out on her Instagram and released a statement that said, like, that's not what I said or that's not that like what I had intended oh. to say that I wanted to say. OK, they were going for a more urban. They were not going in an urban direction with that portrayal portrayal of the character not that i was too urban for the role and so i want to make sure that it's very clear what i meant by the words that i released so okay. while I, I i want to make sure that i do my due diligence and hold myself accountable as someone who reports on these things of like okay i released it as if it was gospel maybe it was given some spin from the um, I mean, from the Hollywood reporter a little bit, which is very, very possible. But I did want to just acknowledge and put out into the ethos that it is possible that her words may have gotten twisted in her interview. If you'd like to see her full statement, please check out her Instagram um, because it is um, it's interesting. and It's worth a read. But I wanted to make sure that I was holding myself to a higher standard. So, no, I it. like I think that's uh, I, I, I think. I think that's good. I also feel like I, I do wish, uh, I, you know, we had all <laughs> all three of us hosts here. I, I'm yeah. super curious of what Marcus thinks about this. If he does have thoughts, I don't know. Um, I do think, though, I don't know. I think I, I, for me, in my perspective, I feel like Urban does a lot of heavy lifting for some white people. I think that's the best way to say yes. it. Um, yes. And I have her full statement too, but yes, you're right. Go on. And even to say like, they're not going urban on the part. Right. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about that. Uh, yeah. Oh, like I absolutely do. What I have read about, you know, like from what I've read about systemic racism, I have been told by other people that urban is just a code word for black when, you might be black and have never lived in a city. Um, and I, I just feel like, you know, I'm glad she clarified. Obviously she felt yep. like that got away from her and sure. words do matter. I am they looking at her full statement though. And it's, it's hard knowing what I know and knowing that word has been coded before. Um, yep. Yep. It, like it's not a far jump. <laughs> I guess, let me back up. I used to work with somebody who said there's a perfectly reasonable explanation for all this stuff. Right. There could right. be a totally perfectly reasonable explanation why a casting director would tell her, hey, um, we're not going urban on the part that you just auditioned for. Yes. And like perfectly reasonable explanation. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what you're defining urban from Zoe Kravitz. That's the question I would ask. Like what? Um, because I've heard that yep. used just as, you know, uh, right. a, a different word for a person of color. Uh, and politicians use the people. word politicians use the word urban when they're about to talk about a black community, but they yeah. don't want to say, well, the black people would be mad. They say like, well, we're not popular in urban settings. Like, yeah, you, that's it's politics speak for trying to call trying to trying to make a statement. So, well, um, and yeah. she's saying that that was really hard for her. And like, for I, sure. I, and I, I honor that. Like I, oh, I honor that. I that must be incredibly difficult to, to, to do that in that industry. Um, so I'm glad yeah. you clarified. I'm glad you clarified that, Doug. But I also want to say, like, I, I, it can't go without saying, though, that urban sometimes does a lot of heavy lifting when people really want to say something else. So hopefully, hundred and ten percent, Brian. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, and I wanted to clarify just to be like 
to do right by the person who I have a lot of respect for because I respect the role that she delivered in the 100 percent that we were talking about and yeah. just her acting talent in general. So absolutely. But I think you're absolutely I think there is a part of this where you're absolutely right of like. Come on, like we as <laughs> as much as you're trying to not it, that's like saying like, well, I don't want to call them like bigoted, but they were throwing the word urban around a lot. And that's and that's fine. That's it's your experience. It's not mine, especially as a white man. I don't know. What right. It's like I'm to not going to speak for her experience. I am whatsoever at all. But you're right, Brian. I have a certain level of I have some information and training and it, that tells me that someone might use that word to say something they don't really say something that they shouldn't say in a yeah. more positive way and maybe get away with it. Yeah. B basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, much love to Zoe Kravitz. A hundred percent. I mean like good, you know, only good things in the future for you. Hopefully that, 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 that is all going. To <laughs> I really, really hope so too. So. Better days ahead. All that. Absolutely. Brian, that brings us to the end of our episode. Is there anything that you'd like to plug on this week for this week? Um, anything I want to plug? Uh, yeah, go check out the lovenerds.com. Uh, spring is here. Uh, we, uh, there are a lot of designs there on the, uh, Shopify part of the site. Maybe you want to make some shirts, uh, for the upcoming summer. Maybe, you know, we, there's recipes there too, but Hey, maybe you want to get that design. Maybe you want to make some, you know, uh, make a set of shirts for the warmer weather that's coming. Y'all yeah. can have a nice family shirt. Either way, there's designs. You can go check that out on the site thelovenerds.com awesome um i want to do a plug um for uh the mantra so you can always yes. follow and get all of your noah noah gear and noah information if you follow him on instagram at underscore underscore the mantra and be sure to not just follow the mantra to live the mantra never offended always oh. humble um, Marcus has some good, some music coming, um, and there are big things coming from them. So obviously want to plug them. Um, also want to plug the show. You can always support the show by signing up and becoming a part of our Patty family at patreon.com slash films in black and white. Um, we do some great stuff over there. You can submit a quote for us to read and try and guess like we did at the beginning. And yep. you can also vote on what movie we are going to watch next. Um, I'm very excited to announce what we're going to watch what are we watching next. i need to know um brian we are going to be watching the movie super which is a movie starring rain wilson yes um who plays a super of an apartment building slash superhero so yep. very excited for us to be I'm, watching oh my god that it's gonna be wild for oh my gosh sure. there's there's some there's some fun there are some fun folks in that i can't wait i'm very excited brian but we have a three-step process to success what is our first step sir i'm happy to cover the first two steps doug yeah I, this, uh, brian. I, you know i want to support want to support marcus here happy to happy to bring that uh bring that energy here so the first step need you to read a book we really talked a, about a lot of stuff here. Some of it was, was some pretty heavy systemic oppression. And you can learn all about it by reading a book. Don't ask somebody of an underrepresented identity to just explain <laughs> something do to you. Don't do that. Go read a book. Go go read a book about something that you would like to know more about. Don't ask emotional labor from somebody that might, you know, be no, really it might be hurtful for them uh, to talk about some of the things you want to know about. Anyway, read a book. That's yeah. the point. Go read a book. Um, and after you read a book, please have some water. Drink some water. Please. We're begging you. 
Drink so some important. water. Your body is made out of water. It may not 70%. feel like it, but it's made out of water. Have you had a glass of water today? Are you feeling a little down? Or you're like, oh man, my friends don't like me. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm doing enough with my life. Do you feel that way? Or have you just not had enough water? Great Try point. Out. Great Try point. Out. And lastly, you got to wash your ass. Look, people, we are about to enter out into the community again. We're going to come out, especially for people like Brian and Marks and I, where we live in a winter environment. We're about to re-enter <laughs> the community um, with our short sleeve shirts and our shorts. Um, and we want to make sure that we smell fresh, not that we've been living in an inside in a heated environment for the past nine months. Um, but wash your ass, get everything cleaned out. Spring cleaning does not just apply to the house. It applies to your body yes. as well. So just get up in there with a washcloth and some soap and wash your... That does it for this episode of there Films in Black and White. Thank you all for joining us. It has been a pleasure chatting with you all. Um, we will catch y'all next week when we talk about Super. So in the meantime and in the between time, stay safe, stay healthy. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. Catch y'all next week.